Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris here. I'm running solo today. Um, I guess things just came up, and uh, Ross and I couldn't connect to do this, and I promised we would be consistent. So here I am with a solo cast. Um, yeah, today was an interesting day for me. Um, I really want to talk about it. <laughs> um so I pulled up a bunch of news stuff. I was hoping to talk about this with Ross, especially for the big episode 7-0, you know, the big 70. But, um, yeah, so let's, uh, there's some things I'm not going to touch on because I really want to have Ross around for it. But, um, you know, uh, so there was a question asked of me. This is kind of unrelated to games at this point. Uh Somebody asked me yesterday, uh, one of my followers from Twitch who listens to the podcast, or not yesterday, but last week after the podcast, they were asking about the Teen Titans thing I said about how they were bringing back the original show. Um, <clears throat> so I was, that was the assumption, and I got, there's actually more confirmation today excuse me, today, as of this recording, uh, that the original animated Teen Titans will return for Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. So it sounds like it's some type of, like, universe crossover. Um, so they're bringing them back, but not in the way we probably would have wanted. So, that's, uh, hmm. I really wish they would just bring back Teen Titans the way we want, which is regular Teen Titans. That'd be great. Um, until then, though, I mean, that's something. So, something to look forward to there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, in terms of like... We'll, we'll get back to our reg regularly scheduled podcast. You can tell I'm really good at this by myself. Um, I have been not playing as many games this week as I probably would have liked. Uh, I did put... I just actually played, I think... A this week I've played a whopping two hours of Destiny. And I just finished playing it before this. Um, so I haven't really been doing that. We we did jump into the raid last weekend, though, and we made some progress in that. That raid, Last Wish, is a ton of fun. If anybody out there has Destiny and hasn't tried that raid and owns Forsaken, it's worth getting a group together to try it because that raid is damn fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting my group back together. Uh, I like to do it with people I know. I don't like doing it with randoms because you know, that's a me thing. Uh, but, yeah. It, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to get back in there, make more progress, get more gear. I'm almost at 600. So the gear isn't as much of a thing at this point as much as it is like I want to see everything and get through that raid. So I'm excited about that. Um, otherwise, I've been playing a little bit of Valkyria Chronicles here and there. Uh, I hope to have something up on the site for that this week. Uh I lived up to my promise, and there was on Monday a final say for Destiny 2 Forsaken, uh, which I was a little harder on it than I expected it to be, than, than I had expected to be, because when I play the game, like I I have my gripes, but like it's because I like the game, and that's why sometimes I hate the game, 
because it's just like I I can see the path to a better game. They just won't do it. I digress. Um, so I was really hard on it. I feel like. And I really like playing the game, and I went back and I played it today, and it's not like I don't like the game, but like, it kind of made me think, like, maybe Destiny isn't as far along as even I would like it to be at this point, as much as I'm enjoying it, uh, I want to do a write-up on the Festival of the Lost, because I've done a lot of stuff with that, the stuff they're doing, I enjoy, but I wonder if it's because I'm already hooked, they've already sunk their claws into me, and they gave me the stuff I wanted, but like, you know, I'm looking from the outside or from the inside out, but it, like I tell my friends all to play it and then like I write about it. I'm just like, ah, when I put it on paper or, you know, figurative paper, uh, it's like I wouldn't if if I showed this to my friends, they probably wouldn't want to buy this game. And that's like that's troubling that when I'm writing about the game, and I have a generally positive opinion of it, and it's like, hmm, I can't say a lot of nice things about it while staying objective, you know, because realistically, I could gloat, and I could be like, oh my god, it's all so great, and not mention any of the things I talked about in the review, Uh, and, you know, it, it could paint this picture of this perfect game, but what good would that do? That's just pure bias, and that's not what I'm trying to be about, so... Yeah, that was, that shocked me a little, but um, I do still recommend Destiny 2, especially with Forsaken. I think the game is great. I think the story is developing nicely. Um, I will mention that Bungie, there's, there is a, a credible rumor uh, from a, a, a regular leaker of Destiny content. He, he predicted, I think, a lot of Forsaken stuff. I think it's Anon of the Nine or something. Um, that Bungie is starting development on Destiny 3, and that there will be apparently more RPG elements, things like that. Now, I have a couple ideas for where I think the story could or should go, and I kind of briefly mentioned them to Ross, and Ross seemed really excited, and so I want to get him on here, and then we just kind of talk like, oh my god, what should Destiny 3 be? And I think that'd be exciting. So, uh, we'll, we'll try and do that the next time, the next time I have him around, we'll, we'll try and do that. Um, in other, other news, uh, cause I'm past, I, I'm kind of past what I've been playing. Uh, I don't really think I played anything else this week. Oh no. Last week, last weekend I played. I Divine Cybermancy, because I mentioned that, I think, two podcasts ago, and I didn't actually play it, but I finally got around to playing it, and that game, like, is weird, and it's fun, but it's weird, and it gets kind of, it's, the the missions are a little long, and they get kind of dull, I don't know that I'm going to go back to that game now, because, like, I kind of feel like I got my fix, which sucks because it's like I wanted to play that game and I was like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to jump in and like finish this game. And it's just weird. It's just weird. There's no really better explanation than that. Excuse me. I keep yawning. I shouldn't have recorded this at 11 p.m. I should have done it sooner, but here I am trying to give you guys a podcast. 
Um, Lego has announced the new uh, Overwatch sets. And there are some pretty nice ones. Uh, there are large-scale Reinhardt and D.Va. So, like, like actual, like, build sets for, like, Reinhardt's armor and D.Va, which looks like it has a little Lego D.Va inside, uh, which I'm all about. And the Reinhardt looks pretty sweet. He's kind of like a Bionicle, but, like, beefier. I'm, 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 I'm picking up what they're putting down. Uh, looks like they have one that looks like the payload on Gibraltar, if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a while, that has Tracer and Widow. They have one that's set in the Hanamura that has Genji and Hanzo, and it looks like one of the guards, the guard that's trying to dial the cell phone. Um, they all have gun-ass guns, uh, which is cool, they should. Like, you know, Widow clearly has a sniper rifle built from Legos. Um, Genji has his sword and a throwing star. I can't tell. Yeah, Hanzo definitely. Okay, that is definitely a bow. I couldn't tell for a second if that was a crossbow. And that would have been weird. Um, there's another one that's uh, uh, Dorado. That is um, Soldier 76, and in this particular picture, he's driving the payload on Dorado. McCree is climbing on the back, and Reaper is on top of the payload. So, hmm. Uh, Bastion is, of course, one of them. He was the first one they announced. Also comes with the bird. I don't remember the bird's name right now. Forgive me. And then there is another one that... It's a rocket ship. Um, it has Winston... Which is weird, because Winston is just an oversized Lego person. But Reinhardt is massive. But Winston and Reinhardt and D.Va are all kind of the same biggish size. So I don't get that. I mean, I guess it makes sense, because why would you... No, it doesn't make sense, because they did it for Reinhardt. I don't know. But Winston's an oversized Lego dude. Uh, Farah, I think, is in a rocket ship in this. And then there's Mercy in that pack. So, that's cool. Um, yeah, it, it's... They're cool. They seem kind of... It's a... They're not like premier looking lego sets honestly they look like they'll pro the thing is they'll probably charge a lot of money for these but like they're not that great from the looks of it it's like they'll probably charge like 40 or 50 bucks for one of these sets and there's not much to them like the most complicated set is the dorado one and it's just like the 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 first choke point of the objective into like the fountain plaza and it's like there's some you know some strings for like the lights and the pinata and it's like hey it's not that nice i feel like overwatch deserved a big set like you know build like the center square of like king's row you know of the first objective like that would be cool you know build the statue of mandata like that would be sweet and like worth money but, like, this just feels kind of cheap. And I feel like they're just going to charge a lot for it because it's Overwatch. And that's that's not okay. I'm not, not living in a world where that's okay. Um, 
speaking of not okay, Battlefield 5, which was already delayed because it was in a horrible launch window between Black Ops 4 and Red Dead 2, um, got pushed back to November, and yet they're already not as good looking take on Battle Royale, which is just regular ass Battlefield 64 players, but squads of four. Yeah, yeah, no, stop me when this starts sounding original and like creative and exciting. And then it's just, it's, it's the circle is just fire. It's dumb. It's a waste. Like, that's not. Like, because everything they've said so far makes it sound like it's squads only. And it's like, why would you do that? It's like they're looking at Battle Royale and they're just spitefully acknowledging it without actually doing it. And so, like, they want people like Firestorm, yeah, you know, the circle. It's just four-player squads of, of 64 players in the same kind of map, and it's just shrinking. And it's like, no, come on, that's a joke. I know it's not quite that. It's like I'm, I'm overly simplifying it. But regardless, there's nothing about it screams Battle Royale. Like, in the sense of, like, PUBG or Blackout or even Fortnite. Nothing about this sounds like the next evolution of Battle Royale or a competent Battle Royale, frankly. And worst of all, it's not even going to be ready for the game's launch. It's coming out next year as part of a free content update, to their credit, sometime between January and March. So their big thing is like, yeah, we, we did it. We, we put battle, battle Royale, we did it the Battlefield way. Call of Duty already did their thing and like it was good. Like people like Blackout and yet Battlefield just seems to like be defiantly like, no, 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 no. We're going to tell you the kind of Battle Royale you want. Like it looked like, like I th you take a step back. Blackout was clearly designed to... Uh, you know, appeal to fans of existing Battle Royale games. It's like, hey, you like PUBG, but you want more polish. Boom, Blackout. Hey, you like the speed of maybe a Fortnite, but you want more realism. Boom, Blackout. You know, you just like Call of Duty and want a competent Battle Royale in, Bla in, in Call of Duty. Boom, Blackout. And like, you look at Battlefield and it's just, what are they doing? It's like they don't even care. Like, I'm, I may be using that as a title. I don't know yet. Um, yeah, it just it, it blows my mind that they are just so like defiantly trying to stick things, like stick to their own way of doing things in such a way that it feels like they're compromising the message of their game. So, like, they want people to think they have Battle Royale, but they don't. But they're going to talk about it. Like, they're going to talk about this mode as, like, their version of it. It's not. It's nothing like it. It doesn't have the number of players. It doesn't have, you know, they say it's going to be a bigger map, but, like, Battlefield maps are already big. How much, like, I, I just... I don't see a scenario where they where they pull this off the way they've been talking about it since since E3. It just not, nothing about it sounds exciting and just more the more and more I hear about Battlefield 5 and the closer and closer it gets like I was on board. But the closer and closer it gets to launch, the more I hear about it 
game sounds like kind of a mess. It just doesn't sound like it's going to go anywhere. I really feel like they're they're dropping the ball big time and like EA is in for a rude awakening when, you know, the, when their, you know, tentpole franchises like Battlefield start tanking. I really don't see this year's Battlefield. I do not see Battlefield 5 being a particularly successful game for them. I don't see it matching Battlefield 1's numbers. I don't see it matching Battlefront 2's numbers, which were down compared to what they expected. Like, I don't think this game is going to do anything close to what they think it will. Like, I know usually they expect a Battlefield to do like 10 million units. I wouldn't be surprised if it did half of that or less, just because people are not interested in A, World War II, B, Battlefield Five at this point, because it doesn't stand out. And it doesn't have a it doesn't sound like it has a quality battle royale mode, which is what people are looking for in their high-end shooters right now. That's what people want. Battle Royale is the hot new thing because it's good. It's not the hot new thing for nothing. It's because it's good. It's a good mode. And when you do it right, it's a ton of fun. Anyway, um, Oh, I should have done this after the Legos. Overwatch is getting a spectator mode, finally. So it will be easier to watch matches and move the camera and get a better angle on things. Um, apparently, they're adding it as the World Cup viewer. <laughs> Excuse me. They're adding it for the uh, Overwatch World Cup. So you'll be able to see perspectives from first and third person. Um... There will be a replay feature for matches that have already happened. Uh, it'll It's exclusively in PC and beta form uh, shortly before BlizzCon. Uh, yeah, so they want to expand it to all corners of Overwatch at some point after the World Cup. Uh, that would be... That sounds like it'd be awesome. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Uh, I'm excited to see what they, you know, how well developed that is and what that does for the quality of, you know, stuff like Overwatch League and the professional Overwatch scene, you know, making that, you know, more easily visible to people. That'll be interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, Other things I'm... Excited? I don't know. This is weird. So, some of you will probably be aware of, or at least generally aware, of what Intellivision is. Uh, they are an old video game company. Uh, I think they did the ColecoVision. I think that was them. I don't, hold on. Let me, don't quote me. Sorry for the quiet. I'm looking it up. I want to know exactly what they made. I know they were bought by Mattel. Or no. Oh, no. No, no, no. The Intellivision was the actual console made by Mattel. Yeah, ColecoVision was separate. I The moment I started saying it, I was like, I think I'm wrong. And I was wrong. So, yay me for knowing I was wrong. Um, but Intellivision... Is making a new console. Uh, the Amico, which 
they're saying every game will be exclusive to the platform. It will cost less than $8 with no DLC or in-app purchases. So this is a console that's being directed at, you know, families, you know, with parents who uh, there, there will apparently be like an age restriction like for games. So uh, I'm looking at a Polygon article that I read. Um, so kind of going through point by point, it's expected to release uh, oddly specific October 10th, 2020. So we're about two years out from it. Um, it is being led by former, you know, big video game, bigwig, uh, or I guess still video game bigwig, uh, Tommy Tallarico, uh, who was part of Intellivision when they started. So that's that's actually exciting. So the console's price point is said to be between 149 and 179 which puts it right in that really affordable price range. Uh, for just about anybody. Um, and every single game published for the platform will be exclusive. Cost between $299 and $799. It will launch with several titles built in and over 20 more games in its online store. Uh, a quote from Tellerico, uh We are creating a console that parents want to buy, not that they were asked to buy. Uh, continuing, uh, most every game being made for the home consoles these days is created with only the hardcore gamer in mind. Uh, we see a world where everyone is interested in playing at home and with friends, but this currently isn't possible because the barrier to entry is nearly impossible for a non-gamer due to the complexity of the controllers, intricacy of gameplay, expense of the hardware and software, and steep learning curve with an unbalanced fun factor for the beginner. Our goal was to create a console that both gamers and non-gamers are able to have fun with and play together. Uh, the Intellivision Amico is our answer to this gaping hole we see within our current video game industry. That's a lot of jargon. Uh, not jargon. Jargon's not the word. But that's a lot of... That's a lot of fluff. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Games are not that hard. Like, there are... There are countless ways figure this stuff out and frankly the consoles are not that much more expensive than what he's making the only difference with what he's making is apparently it's going to be like an all-white console and on top it's going to have the two controllers which are like a clicky pad circular pad and a t color touchscreen so it's a, a pair of Bluetooth controllers. It, it, it's apparently like Intellivision's original design, just instead of like buttons and a joystick or joypad thing, it's just the pad and a touchscreen and buttons on the top and bottom. It's weird. It looks fine, I guess. Um, there's a bunch of titles that are going to be releasing for it. There's Intellivision titles, Atari titles, Imagic, additional titles. Um... Yeah, okay, here's the quote I was looking for. So, uh, this is from the ESRB, actually, in regards to this console. The average, a the average age of a gamer today is 34 years old. And the market reflects that with a broad array of games for people of all ages. Uh, in television's policy to only offer games rated E for everyone and E10+, plus for everyone 10 and up, uh, on its new system, makes finding the right games easier for busy families, especially those with young gamers. So, yeah. 
in terms of consoles coming back from the dead, like manufacturers coming back, uh, this is a better idea than some of their contemporaries, namely Atari, who don't really seem to know what they're doing. This at least seems like a fully realized idea. What it's worth, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna... It's not gonna take the market by storm. This doesn't look like it's gonna be an Ouya, but at the same time, it's like... It looks like it has a bunch of old games on it, which is fine. And it's gonna have... It's probably just gonna have a bunch of phone games on it, which is also fine. So maybe it is the Ouya, which is which would not be fine. Huh. Maybe this is a bad idea. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Holding judgment. Um, speaking of holding judgment, I am... I am holding my judgment because I am really interested to see what the hell Hellgate London is going to look like when it launches on Steam in November. That's right. You probably don't even know what Hellgate London is. It was kind of a disaster. It was just this... It was this PC game with, like, nice graphics and just boring gameplay made by the guys who made Diablo 2. And it, 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 it did not do well. At all. And I bought that game. I have a disc of Hellgate London somewhere, somehow, in this residence. I don't know where it is right now, nor do I have a disk drive to install it. But if that game's priced well enough, I'm probably going to play Hellgate London again. Which apparently is going to be the cancelled, but not cancelled, like Hellgate Tokyo? I don't know. It's probably going to suck, honestly. Because that game wasn't great back then, and I really doubt it ages well. So, I don't think that's going to be worth anything. But I'm going to still try it, because I'm morbidly curious. I played Hellgate London with a couple friends, and it was fun. Like, you could have fun for a little bit at a time, and then, like, you just stop playing it, and you forget you ever had it. <sighs> Man. Um, yeah, so, I don't know what the hell that's gonna look like. Jesus. The di- what a world we live in where Hellgate London is a 2018 release. Where Hellgate London can come back from the grave. I guess they just opened the Hellgate and just let everything out. In television, Hellgate London, shitty Battlefield Battle Royale. Whatever. Um, uh, so a couple of bad, kind of bad news stories. One of them definitely. Uh, so Tryon Worlds, the makers of the MMOs like Rift, um, they make the new Defiance game, which was real bad. Um, uh, Archage, or, yeah, I think it's Archage, or Archage, I don't know. Uh, they were recently purchased... Uh, by a German-based company. And apparently they just laid off all but 25 members of their staff. 
which sounds real familiar if you remember the Telltale Saga. However, in this scenario, it sounds like their games are going to keep going. Which is fine. I don't know. This mm, this is not a good look for Tryon Worlds. They uh, they don't seem long for this world. You don't lay off, you know, you don't lay off almost two hundred people and then continue to successfully support and or develop games. You don't. So, I wouldn't be surprised if Tryon Worlds just eventually turns to a name and this German company ends up putting them out. And that would be a shame and they should feel bad. Both parties. Um, and then Days Gone. This is kind of good news for Days Gone. But uh, Days Gone was delayed. It was originally set for the, uh, the broke day in February, February 22nd which is going to have Metro Exodus, it's going to have Crackdown 3, and was going to have, or is going to have, um, Anthem. And now, one last game is coming out that day. Days Gone was pushed back about two months to the middle of April. Uh, that's probably good for the game, because it probably needs all the help it can get. I'm still, like, weirdly interested in it. Uh, I don't want them to close Sony Bend. But this is the game that will close Sony Bend. Quote me. Quote me. If Sony Bend closes in 2019, it will be because of Days Gone. Which is a shame, because they never got to make a new siphon filter. Like everybody wanted. Instead, they made Days Gone. <sighs> um, but, yeah, that's kind of all I have this week. For you guys, I just wanted to make sure to get something out there so you know we're still alive, you know we still care, and uh, you know when we're you know we're still podcasting. Um, maybe if I can get my hands on Ross, uh, we'll talk about some of the other stuff that we had on here. Uh, but um, yeah, right now I think that's it. So thanks so much for listening. I love you all, and. Uh, Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.